Good morning and welcome to Captain Cambino's Cabana. Sunday, February 19th, 2023. Yeah, Sunday fun day. I am a little delayed this time around. I usually run it on like Thursday, Friday, or maybe Saturday. I decided to do it on a Sunday. I don't know why, but uh, the captain's been in a lot of pain lately. Got some uh, back problems, and uh, it's, it's been a it's been an ordeal. It's actually a back injury that goes goes all the way uh, back to 1996. Um, first of all, we stop for a second. Stop traffic. It's a beautiful day here at the cabana. Um, you know, um, spring is almost here. Uh, you can tell that the with the uh, time where it too is get dark at like almost. 4:45 and 5 o'clock it's pitch black and now it's starting to it's like shift towards the daylight savings time crap or whatever that is. So uh, springtime is just around the corner, folks. We're we're gonna make it, and then before you know it, summertime will be here too. So it should be uh, looking forward to a good spring to summer. And so Sunday fun day here. Uh, the captain, the captain is back. I'm a little sluggish, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull through and make it happen. Make it happen, Captain. So, this is the 11th edition of the podcast. I was actually debating on doing one this week because I've just been, it's been a rough week and busy, and then I've had some, uh, had to see an orthopedist, so because my back and just some, just a long story, but uh, took a muscle relaxer and it was awesome. So I slept maybe like 15 hours. And I'm still tired, so. <laughs> so it definitely did its job. Thank you, Walgreens. And so, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of wing it on this edition of the Cabana. We don't know how long it'll go, but it's a beautiful, chill day, so uh, permission to come aboard, and uh, let's, let's see what we got on the, on the agenda. So, first of all, we backtrack on the, uh, on the back injury. So, I, I had a I played high school football, and I was uh, heavily involved in the weight room, and I was a high school weightlifting champion for three years in a row. And I basically peaked in high school, you know, kind of like the Rob Lowe, direct TV commercials. Like, I'm peaked in high school, Rob Lowe, and I had killed it. <laughs> Those are good commercials, too. But um, I, I, uh, my junior year, so it was October 17th, 1996. Yeah, I remember the date because I had no life. It was, we were playing Delta Academy in Martin, Mississippi. And uh, it was a uh, big rivalry game, but we hadn't played in like five years. So it was still, but it was still like schools were like 25 miles apart. But back in the day, it was a big rival game. So we played over there. It was an intense game the whole time. Uh, 0 0 in the regulation. And we go in overtime. Uh, we lost 7 nothing in overtime, but let me. Either way, let me backtrack. Uh, uh, no, the third quarter, we're running a play, and I played left tackle. And the play was uh, wing right, scat left. I'll never forget it. And I had to pull. The guard pulls behind me. Um, so we just, you know, form a wall. Running back would, you know, hopefully we'd have a good steal right there and uh, running back take off. Well, uh, so I'm in, in my stance, and I fire out. Coach always told you, you know, tells you to stay low in your stance, and I did. I stood staying low, and as soon as I fire out, I could just just tear. There was, I could just feel it. I, I don't know, man. 
hair or something, and it was just oh no, it was awful. So I'm I'm make around the corner, but I'm I'm running like a like a candy ass. I mean, you know what I mean? Like my arms were kind of flailing. <laughs> I'm like oh, like <laughs> it's kind of funny, but um. I'm still looking for the game tape. Maybe I can find it somewhere out there. But um, I, you know, that was like a third down, so we didn't make it. So we punted, and I remember running to the sideline because I only played offense. Um, running to the sideline, asking the trainer to stretch me out. I was like, my back is killing me. I don't know what happened. Uh, I think I must have pulled something. So he's stretching me. I'm on the ground, stretching the coach, Coach Gear, jackass, head coach, walks up and says, Wilson, hell's wrong with you. And I was like, I don't know, coach, if it pulls something, I'm not sure if it's stretching, if it's stretching out, we'll, we'll stuck it up and play. And I was like, yes, sir, I'll be fine. He was one of those who reminded me of James Kahn, the head coach of the program, where he asked uh, Darnell Jefferson, he's like, so are you hurt or are you injured? What's that mean? Well, if you're hurt, you still play. If you're injured, you can't. So which one is it? <laughs> James Kahn was great in that movie. So check out the program if you can. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he was kind of like that, just a just a hard ass. But I mean, it was uh, he, he'd make you tough. That was there's no doubt, you know, about Coach Gear. Uh, anyway, but I, I finished the rest of the game. There's no problem, and uh, felt fine actually. So I guess stretching it out. I don't know what happened. But the rest of the game was fine. Uh, we get home. Um, I slept in my uh, during high school. I had my grandmother's old uh, fold out couch. That thing may have been like. That thing was, it felt like it was, seemed like it was one of those built in like the 1800s, and I'm not, I'm not making fun, it was, it was, it was an old couch, and it had that fold-out bed, and had a bar in the middle, like the Seinfeld episode, where Jerry was sleeping on his parents' couch, he's got that bar in the middle, and he can't, he can't shake it, he can't sleep, it's like, who puts a bar in the middle of the bed? Well, I was able to maneuver around it didn't really bother me but that next morning I couldn't move I couldn't get out of bed <laughs> I was like I remember screaming at my dad it was like Will Ferrell and Elf and he's like dad 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 that's what it was like it was a terrible pain I couldn't get up I don't know how I did it I managed to get out of bed but Honestly, after that, it was fine the rest of the season, and I, you know, finished strong and uh, didn't have any issues until spring of '97. I started to have some pain, and uh, it hurt really bad when I was playing, uh, like you know, pickup basketball games or working out. You know, it started to hurt, so I had to. I uh, went to see a chiropractor, me to pull the orthopedist, and. He, he said either have you either have to have some type of minor surgery on it or we had the heck out of it. And I, I half asked. So I didn't. No surgery. Uh, rehabbed it. I, I, I half asked it. I didn't care. And I just, I was like, I, I well, I got one more year. I can tough it out. So I just didn't rehab it strong enough. And I was already set strong. Um, so I had to wear a back brace my senior year. I was slower. It just didn't really help out. And, my senior, senior year was terrible, so it was, uh, but honestly, after that, it never really, I never really had any problems, like, it was very, seemed like it was fine, and I was, I was active, and then, you know, college, and things happen, you know, you gain some weight, and now it's starting to resurface, 
so uh, it turns out the captain's got some arthritis in his lower back and uh, muscle damage and, uh, after a visit this week. And so uh, they recommend a physical therapy. So we'll, we'll, we're checking into it. Um, got a, I got it confirmed with the Coast Guard, make sure it's okay. They take some time off. I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> but no, I took, took a muscle relaxer. I feel great, actually. Just, uh, I still feel a little sluggish because I'm tired. But, you know, what the heck? Sunday fun day, we're going to wing it. I'm still here. As long as I got a heartbeat, I'm good. So, uh, anyway, the captain will be okay. Just, uh, you know, it's got to take a one day to come. So, anyway, it's been a busy week. And it's already Sunday. We're getting ready for February. The end of February is around the corner. Springtime is almost here, just like I was saying. So, hope everybody's having a great week. Beautiful Sunday fun day here. College basketball winding down as well. March Madness right around the corner. Uh, Michael Jordan, the GOAT, turned 60, turned 60 years young on this past Friday, February 17th. So, happy birthday to Michael Jordan, the greatest ever. And I'm not going to get into the GOAT status. He is the GOAT. Um, and uh, I'm not going to mention that other person out for the Lakers. Don't care. Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Happy 60th birthday, Michael Jordan. You heard us. Anyway, college basketball, Mark Mattis will be here before you know it. Uh, conference title game, conference championship uh, tournament will be coming up. So it's starting to get down to the end of the regular season. Um, should be a lot of good matchups. So I uh, always try to pay attention to that for, you know, for any of those uh, sportsbook betters out there, FanDuel, BetMGM, Barstool Sports. Uh, check out your sports books and uh, uh, parlays going. Um, also, uh, March 1st coming up, that's my birthday, and also I just saw an announcement on social media. Dave Portnoy, the owner of Barstool Sports, I'm a big fan of his. Congratulations, he has sold Barstool Sports for over $200 million. I mean, this is a guy that started out as a blogger. I mean, think about this. He's a New England Patriots fan. I admire everything he's done. Started out his own company as a blogger, and he's created this, I mean, multi-million dollar business. I mean, absolutely amazing. It's inspiring, motivational. He gives us all hope. And Dave Portnoy, God bless you. Congratulations on all your success. Congratulations on the sale of Barstool Sports. Um, I mean, it's just, that's awesome. You know, started out as a blogger. He didn't quit. I mean, I think that's still commendable. And Barstool's so so big now. I mean, it's just so many podcasts in different uh, areas of production. It's really quite amazing. So uh, he's got actually got a pretty cool video he put on his Instagram the other day. So about you know going to Disney like Disneyland music, you know, or whatever at Disney World. It was pretty cool. So uh, <laughs> it's a funny guy. But uh, congratulations on Barstool Sports and the sale. Ten million. Jeez. You know, that's work. you never have to work again. Um, anyway, that's awesome. Um, uh, recently was the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57. Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. Controversial ending on that third down play with the Eagles in the hole. A lot of people that weren't happy about it, obviously, in Philly, but I think they should have let it go, let him play. Kind of a selfie call, my opinion, but, uh, you know. The Chiefs are champions again. Congratulations to Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if anybody saw that video of Roger Goodell hugging one of the Chiefs players, open mic. You know, basically, 
a lot of people were saying the whole game was rigged and it was planned for the Chiefs. I don't know. I don't like that. And um, I'm starting to have second thoughts now about the NFL and just how everything's going. But uh, Roger Goodell, you suck. So that's all I got to say. Uh, I want to say a prayer. I want to, you know, we all think we all have to pray and keep uh, keep people in our thoughts for the people in Ohio. Everything that's gone on recently. I'm not gonna get political, but whatever's going on up there, it's not it's not cool. And I hope it all, you know, hope they're okay. And you know, it's all this stuff that's happening with these trails derail, derailing and you know, toxic the the fumes in the air, or whatever's going, the chemical spill, or whatever it was. I don't know all the details, but pray for the people of Ohio and the Midwest and the, the you know the heartland of America. Uh, we're thinking of you, so hang in there. Um, another thing, I'm just being an advocate. Um, I am a member of the National Rifle Association, the NRA. I would like to extend that invitation to anybody else. You know, join the NRA. You are a fan. I mean, a fan. Excuse me. Maybe a you believe. That's what I meant to say. If you believe in the Second Amendment, of the Constitution of the United States, and you believe, and you stand up for that. And you're a backer of that, then you need to join the NRA. The more the we need, we need more people. So, join the NRA. Fight for your Second Amendment right. Uh, I know that's a touchy subject today, but um, that's just my opinion. You know, fight for your Second Amendment right. That's all I'm gonna say. And we gotta defend the Constitution of the United States of America. Happy birthday to Camille Costa. My opinion, the most beautiful, hottest woman in the world. So, hands down, I'm almost, she, she knows, I mean, she just seems like a really fun girl to hang out with. I mean, I'd love to get to meet her one day, and, and Gronk, I mean, Gronk's a very fortunate man, but Camille Kostek, born February 19th, 1992. Happy birthday, Camille Kostek. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Congratulations on your success. You are, without a doubt, the hottest, most beautiful woman on this planet. And keep up the great work. Never not dancing. That's their motto. <laughs> anyway, happy birthday, Camille Costa. So moving on, uh, there's, uh, I don't know if anybody saw the Flash trailer for the new Flash movie coming out June 16th. It was awesome. So it's uh, basically the story about the Flash going back in time to fix the timeline. He lost his, um, his mother. And uh, I believe it was a. Uh, not sure how how she passed away. I'm trying to fix the timeline where we can see her mother again, see his mother again, and it turns out the timeline same time where Michael Keaton's Batman exists. Uh, probably mentioned this before, but there's a lot of um, uh, team ups going. On. Ben Affleck and Batman comes back too, so it's. Uh, Supergirl is in it, so it looks like something pretty awesome. So that trailer was so freaking cool. So check out the frat, the Flash trailer. Came out last Sunday uh, during the Super Bowl. Really cool. So June 16th is when that's uh, slated to come out. So uh, it's also Mardi Gras weekend. Never really have gotten involved with that, but I know New Orleans is rocking right now. So happy Mardi Gras weekend, or however long it goes. I guess uh, Fat Tuesday week. Um, I guess, I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, see what happens there. 
but uh, I, I've been to a Fat Tuesday. It's pretty cool. Um, it's a it's a nice little daiquiri bar. There's one in Fort Lauderdale, right there at this place. That's the only one I've been to. But uh, so happy Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday coming up. Well, tomorrow is President's Day. Banks will be closed. Post offices will be closed as well. But the world will keep going on. So happy President's Day tomorrow. Uh, this is the 25th anniversary of my senior year in high school. And I got in a lot of trouble my senior year. There was, uh, let's see, it was actually around February, yeah. So our high school girls basketball team made it to the uh, overall state championship. They were, I think they finished third. I mean, it was a phenomenal season. We, we almost won it all. Because that's how good they were. So that Friday, they, they played they playing that weekend. I think the championship was on a Sunday. So it was Friday night. We drove down to Jackson. Uh, I lied to my parents, of course. And this was, um, like I said, senior year, February 98. I had a Dodge Neon. I had a four-door Dodge Neon that I drove. And I lied to my folks, told them that uh, we were riding with Jonathan Oliver's mom. <laughs> that never happened. Although his mom was down there. Uh, and we uh, we just, it, I, I pulled it off. Until, uh, so let's see, it was uh, myself, it was uh, Ted Jenkins, Chip Williams, Jonathan Oliver, I mean, uh, Riley Palmetree. No, 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 Riley Palmetree. We, we went uh, twice during that week. So first time around was Riley Palmetree. But the second the second time was uh, uh, Jonathan Oliver and Miles Mitchell. So, uh, no, 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 sorry. Um, it was myself, Trip Williams, Chad Jenkins. Uh, yep, Jonathan Oliver and Miles Mitchell. That was it. So we, uh, <laughs> we drove to uh, Jackson, Mississippi. My parents, you know, would have, like, you know, freaked out and they knew ahead of time. But they, they found out eventually. So what happened was we had two cases of beer. And I had one of those trunks where you pull down the back seat, that, that little console in the middle of the back seat, pull it pull it down, and reach in there and grab a beer out of the cooler. So it was uh, it was easy. And, I mean, I obviously didn't drink while I was driving. And I wasn't going to do that. But, uh, but we... Uh, it was, it was it was so much fun. It was uh, we would hit uh, <laughs> we would drive when well, there were certain times where you hit nothing but trees on the interstate. We call it the you know speed zone, so speed up a little bit, which wasn't safe. But yeah, we did. So luckily, it didn't get pulled over. Nothing happened, but it was still it was the experience. But I think Miles Miles was the Miles was the trip, man. Everything he said was so he would drop this just. Funny stuff. He was just so funny the whole trip, and I think we had a bet going. Whoever says remember the sign, you got to drink a beer or something. And Miles remembered it, and it was just so funny. I can't remember what the exit was. It was some sign for an exit, but we stayed at a, a Hilton. Oh, uh, uh, those like sweets, uh, the extended uh, stay type of Hilton. Not not the Hilton Garden, yeah, but it was it was anyway. It was it was so much fun. We had a uh, we had a good time. And I, it turns out Miles' mom was second. Called my mom, checked to see like did they make it down there. I, I heard they rode with uh, 
I heard uh, they rode with uh, Miss Oliver, and I said, no, I thought they were going with you. So, <laughs> miscommunication. Found out where I was. My dad was pissed, obviously. And I was so, like, fed up with everything, because I was a rebel in high school. I didn't, senior year, excuse me. And I just kind of didn't, I didn't care. I didn't really have a plan. And I was, I was talking to my friends, talking all tough and cool. Like, I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so going to drive to New Orleans, man. I don't care. I don't care anymore. And I did. I drove back. <laughs> I drove back to baseball, and my dad took my car away. And uh, <laughs> that's a week later. And I was, we, we ended up, so it was two weeks apart, a week and a half, week apart. So I drove back to, to baseball, and I was like, my dad's going to kill me. This is going to, I can't wait. This, this is awful. I just didn't care, though. But so I didn't have my car for a week. My brother had to drive. And it was just, it was just a was crazy times. But then my dad, you know, says, just let him have it, you know. So the next week, <laughs> the next week, we, Friday, we ended up uh, hanging out again. It was myself, Jonathan Oliver, Miles, Tripp, and Chad Jenkins. And we, we were all at Rascal's parking lot in Batesville. We saw Chad Hefner and uh, I think Will Fleming and uh, some other people. And we were, we were just saying, let's go, let's go get some beer and let's go to the 50-yard line in North Delta. So that was our football, our, our school football field. And we did. We drove. Uh, I was driving Jonathan Oliver's Maximum, and he, we drove out to the 50-yard line. <laughs> well, it turns out, you know, somebody, we told some this crazy, uh, crazy bitch, Brandy, Brandy White. And she heard about it. She tells Will Thomas. Will Thomas was uh, this guy I graduated high school with. Uh, uh, tough guy. Um, you know, turned out to be a really, you know, good good dude. But anyway, this is senior year. So he finds out about it and comes out there and I thought he was going to party with us and knocks out Chad Hefner, goes after everybody. And we're just like, we're just trying to have a good time in the middle of the field. Well, he ends up chasing Miles around the car. Miles has a beer in his hand, and Miles is like, I don't want to fight. I just want to drink. <laughs> chasing Miles everywhere. It's so funny, but ended up, I mean, it ended up being a wild night. Um, of course, we uh, had baseball practice the next day. I ended up playing baseball my senior year. And we had baseball practice the next day, and there were still beer cans left over, and nobody really picked up on it. Until somebody squealed, I guess, on Monday, and we all got suspended. <laughs> Our headmaster was Mr. Jim Hughes, and I remember uh, we were sitting in there, and Chad uh, was like, "Can we just, can we just end this now, please?" I mean, it was just, it was. I mean, it was. Will Fleming's like, uh, "I didn't really do anything. I was just there. Does that count?" But it was, uh, it was, it was a crazy year, and uh, we all got in trouble, but uh, forgot all about it. And um, so yeah, I got in trouble a week later for partying on the 50-yard line at a high school and dropping beer cans all over the place. So it was, uh, but we didn't care. Senior year, you know, it's your last year. Does it really doesn't matter? So. But yeah, I, you know, it was it was some good times, you know. 
and I, I say that, and I say it really doesn't matter. It did, you know. I, I look back now, I was like, man, you know what? We were so stupid, but you're kids, you know. You're 17, 18 years old. You don't know what's going on. You're just, you're just there. You're just having a good time, trying to figure it out. And life was hard as enough as it was. So, and you know, but we, we made it through, and here we are. So, but it's, it's good to laugh about that stuff. But, yeah, I know Miles and I have always talked about how, like, man, if we knew the stuff now, we knew it in high school and college, we'd be unstoppable. I'm sure everybody says that. And I, I wish it were true. I wish it could have happened that way. But, you know, that's life. I mean, human brain doesn't really develop until you're only, like, 25. So, fully developed. But um, maybe I'm wrong on that. I don't know. I look back on stuff like that. It's like, man, you know what? I really did. I wish I could have pushed harder. You know, I probably could have played college football. I mean, I did. I could have. And, you know, hey, that's that's my mistake. That's my – got to live with that. And we all probably have those um, thoughts in our head. And we just have to make the best of it. And again, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So we still got a long way to go. We can make we can make it happen. Make it happen, Captain. And the captain will never give up. So just uh, we gotta keep gotta keep fighting, you know, how it does get hard. And like today, I didn't want to do a podcast. I really kinda just am so tired and still am but I'm just winging it. But we're here, we're gonna make it happen. Never don't give up. But anyway, Good time from high school. It was a uh, funny stuff, but we can always laugh about that. But. So I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm kind of going to roll the rest of the podcast with this just to have something to talk about because I really don't have much on the agenda this week, uh, maybe next week. But uh, I'm trying to find a new topic, just random random stuff to talk about. But a buddy of mine was texting me about uh, getting into the James Bond movies. And I love the James Bond movies. Uh, they're just, they're awesome. They're good entertainment. And there's so many of them, and it's just, it's, it's good to, uh, each one has its own, you know, has its own value. And it just makes, you know, makes me keep coming back and watching again. Uh, there's some cheesy ones out there, but still classics. So, uh, you know, Jonathan Walker, this one's for you. But, uh, James Bond 007, uh, a lot of books. Ian Fleming was the writer, wrote all the books about him on his, uh, his, Memoirs, The Life of a Secret British Secret Agent, James Bond 007. That's his, uh, uh, by the British Secret Service, is his number. And, you know, I just always was drawn to those films. And I didn't read a lot of, I read a couple of books in high school, but I've, I've read, I haven't read one since, but uh, I would love to go back and read them. And I, I will eventually. But the books are really good. A lot of them, of course, the books don't follow the movies. But, um, you know, that's pretty common. The, uh, those, kind of like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, a lot of them, those books don't follow the movies sometimes, so. But I want to start it off with, uh, the first one actually was a TV, meant to be a TV show, turned out just to be a TV movie, and it was uh, called Casino Royale, which is the first one in the series, the first, uh, book written by Ian Fleming. And it was uh, came out in 1954, a TV movie. And uh, I believe it was Peter Lorre was 007. And it's just black and white uh, film. And it didn't really do that well. But it was just where it all started. So it was meant to be a TV series. And they called him Jimmy Bond. So it wasn't James Bond, it was Jimmy Bond. And it started off, you know, with the 
a Scooby movie, which was meant to be a series, but they changed their mind afterwards. So they, 1954 was the first one, Casino Royale. And again, just a short version of the the, the book and the movie of uh, Monte, Monte Carlo, I believe, uh, where it took place. And that um, got into negotiations that they wanted to start a, new game, a, a movie series. Ian Fleming originally wanted Roger Moore, the actor that played uh, Simon Templer, the saint, the famous these uh, British TV series. Well, it was uh, the studios wanted Sean Connery. Sean Connery was just a hit back then. They just thought he was, you know, uh, more in line with that character, and they wanted Sean Connery. So MGM, where he got the rights. Um, they preferred Sean Connery, so I don't know what happened. I don't know if Roger Moore had some contract disputes with the Saints, and it didn't happen, but it all started with Sean Connery. So the first one was in 1962 called Dr. No, and Sean Connery was the, the leading man. So he was he was James Bond, and it really, uh, that's where it all started. Uh, it's about serious uh, appearances and uh, Jamaica, where Dr. No uh, was um, a member of the evil, evil organization known as Spectre. So, special executive to counterterrorism, uh, revenge, and extortion. Spe Spectre. Let me, uh, I want to be sure of that. So, let me, we're going to uh, uh, Google it right now. Yep. Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. So that's what Spectre. I remember uh, uh, Mr. Charles Walker actually quizzed me on that one time. He says, uh, Mr. Cameron, what is the meaning of Spectre? And I did. I named it off. I, I read the whole thing. Special Executive, Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. He says, you are correct, sir. <laughs> but uh, each movie also had its own theme song. So it was really that's what that's what made everything else more memorable is that you just you knew the song. There was always a main uh, song counter the movie, uh, you know, make it more memorable and uh, you know lure people in to watch it too. So Doctor No didn't really have its own like uh, vocal song, but it had an orchestral by the Monty Norman Orchestra and John Barry, and it was just called uh, you know Double O Seven. Or James Bond 007 and music is just phenomenal. Um, just that guitar going. So you just, everybody knows that James Bond. So Doctor No um, was a good one, 1962, and they executives in 1963. Uh, Connery came back and from Russia with love, and it's uh, Spectre is still involved, and they have to recover some. Uh, device in uh, Russia and it's uh, it, it's not as good as Dr. No but I liked it but I mean it was still uh, more of an orchestral uh, soundtrack and uh, a good you know good film uh, you know again not as highly regarded as Dr. No but uh, Matt Monroe sang the song from Russia with Love so that was the second one um, Sean Connery and in 1964 Goldfinger one of my favorites uh, Sean Connery returned in that one. And, uh, of course, the theme song by Shirley Bassey, sang, who sang Goldfinger. 
So it all starts off in Miami. And actually, we used to live in Miami, so it's right there at the Fontainebleau Hotel back in 1964. This is pretty awesome. It was so beautiful. Like you just you look at look at it now, it's like man, it, it hadn't changed much. But until so, yep, that's the Fontainebleau. So that's one of my favorite parts because uh, the actually the opening intro intro soundtrack on the soundtrack by John Barry is called Into Miami. And it's the plane coming in saying, Welcome to Miami. There's the Fontainebleau. Everybody at the pool. Really good stuff. So, uh, Goldfinger wants to take over uh, Fort Knox. And it's a really, really good uh, climax there at the end. So, check out Goldfinger. Uh, that's where we also see the introduction of Oddjob. So, his, uh, his, uh, Lintman. So, yeah, Goldfinger, 1964. Then we go into Thunderball, 1965, and filmed in uh, the Bahamas, I believe. The villain is Largo, and it's uh, another another you know it's been a specter. It has to do with like I think uh, there's some nuclear weapons involved or something. But Largo's got a pretty cool house in that movie. It's like it has shark, he had a shark trap or something. So Thunderball was good. So the first four were Sean Connery films. When he had some contract disputes with, uh, actually, no, 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 we, we skip ahead. Uh, 1967, For Your Eyes Only. So they took another year off. Came back with For Your, I mean, uh, You Only Live Twice, I'm sorry. You Only Live Twice, 1967. And that was in, in Asia where he got married. And uh, that's also the time where Connery uh, pressed and the fans were really uh, all over him, like he couldn't even go to the bathroom in private. Somebody broke into him, broke into his stall while he was in the bathroom. The photo, and he said he was done with it. He said, "I'm not playing James Bond ever again." And it was just uh, really, you know, kind of sad because he was. But they said he was a very demanding individual. But I mean, hey, it was different times back then. But he, he pulled. I thought he played a phenomenal James Bond, in my opinion. And so 1967, you only lived twice. That was Donald Pleasance was the villain. Uh, Blofeld, bald little guy with a cat, which is where they got spin off Austin Powers. <laughs> so it's a uh, Spectre again. They have a have a missile they're going to launch, and it's underneath the, the water in a volcano. So it's really pretty cool stuff. So you only live twice, 1967. Well, then Connery was still upset with MGM. And, you know, I don't know if it was a, a financial situation, money, things like that, but he had a falling out. So he, they, they, were, they were looking for a new James Bond. So uh, all, along comes Australian George Lazenby. And George Lazenby basically didn't have any acting experience, no movies, nothing to his credit. Walked in on a meeting at MGM or whoever was with whoever he was meeting with, conned his way into it. They say he was a big bullshit artist. That's how he was. And he did. He got the job by just BSing a lot of stuff. But he pulled it off pretty well. I mean, 1969 was on Her Majesty's Secret Service. And there wasn't really a theme song for that one. Actually, let me backtrack. Thunderball, the theme song was uh, called Thunderball by Tom Jones. And then You Only Live Twice was uh, sung by Nancy Sinatra. So let me backtrack that. But uh, this one didn't have a theme song. It was really just a John Barry orchestra, similar to 1962, Dr. No. Uh, but they kind of poked fun at Connery on this one. You know, because they, they got a new actor and they thought he was the one. and He was going to come back for another one, but they just decided that they didn't really perform well. And 
Kelly Savalas was the villain, Blofeld. So they, uh, Diana Rigg was the love interest. It was a really good love story. This is the one where he gets married again. But uh, it was a kind of sad, sad ending. But uh, I thought it was a good movie. But it, it was George Lazenby. I thought he pulled it off pretty well. A pretty sharp looking dude. Uh, and then that goes into 1971. Sean Connery comes back and Diamonds Are Forever. So he resolved his matters with things here, but whatever financial issues. And it was like a revenge type movie with Mr. Blofeld. And it took place in Vegas. And uh, Jill St. John was the love interest. And the song was Diamonds Are Forever by uh, Shirley Bassey again. So uh, it was it was good. It was uh, cool to see Connor. You can tell he kind of aged a little bit, but it was, it was good entertainment. I like Diamonds Are Forever. And that's where you had the other henchmen, this kid and Mr. Wimp. And they were some weird characters. And then you had Bambi and Thumper, the ones that reported to uh, Willard White, the White House. But his last name was W-H-Y-T-E. And so that was uh, uh, Jimmy Dean played played Willard White. And so it was a good movie. Uh, kind of based out in Vegas. And so that was Connery's last one as far as MGM was concerned. Then we go into 1973. Finally, Roger Moore is involved. He is the, now, the new James Bond. Like I said, he and Fleming originally wanted Roger Moore, but it didn't happen. So Roger Moore comes in 1973 and Live and Let Die. The theme song was done by Paul McCartney and the Wings. So classic, really great song. It takes place in New Orleans, New York City, Harlem. You know, some voodoo stuff going on where people are gone missing. The uh, Jane Seymour is a Bond girl, solitaire, and she's so young, but to this day, I mean, she's still got it. She's so beautiful, Jane Seymour. And it was, uh, so it was, it was kind of interesting. Uh, Mr. Bean is the, was the, uh, the main villain, Yaku Tabe. He, uh, it was like I said, there's a lot of serious voodoo stuff going on, and, uh, he was Jamaican somewhere, and uh, Baron Samidi was the guy that the guy that wouldn't die had that uh, big top hat. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was that was Living Let Die was a really good one. And then we're moving right right away. Next one, right away in 1974, the man with the golden gun, one of my favorites. It was Midnight uh, was the villain. The short uh, I can't I know I can't pronounce his uh, his real name was. Uh, Herbie Villachoise or something. He was in Fantasy Island. And uh, Christopher Lee played uh, uh, Garamanga, the, the man with the golden gun. Same song was sung by Lou. And uh, Miss Goodnight, Kissy Goodnight, and Miss, yeah. And she was uh, James' love interest along with Maude Adams. Maude Adams makes her first appearance in this film as the love interest for Garamanga. He had a third nipple. So, and he, you know, he, he would invite people out to his private island, and it was, I think it was filmed in Thailand. And he would invite people out there for a game of, uh, you know, shoot to kill. And it was just, uh, so Knickknack would put him through all these, uh, put him through these, like, you know, tests of the, you know, you're going to make it. And he goes, this is Scaramanga. I, I had the gun. You hit me. What could it be? You find me? Where should I be? 
And then Roger Moore. I never killed a witch before, so this won't be the first time. Well, this, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have dare. Oh. See this? All this is mine. Kill him? It's all mine. <laughs> but that was, uh, he was a good villain, like, uh, Vic Knot. So, uh, <laughs> so we skip a few years ago, 1977, The Spy Who Loved Me. This is actually one of my another favorites, and I thought it was a um, good turning point for, for Roger Moore. I thought, it was really, I thought maybe it was one of his best ones. Uh, the villain is, uh, oh gosh, okay, we'll think about that for a minute, but uh, Stromberg. Stromberg has that big giant uh, castle in the ocean, and they were going to water, uh, he's stealing submarines or something. So uh, Barbara Bach, Ringo Starr's wife, was the love interest. Was a Russian KGB agent, and I believe this, uh, this yeah, the theme song was uh, by uh, Nobody Does It Better by Carly Simon. Really good one. The instrumental was also also well done. Instrumental version uh, it was done by Marvin Hamlet, who did the Sting soundtrack, and uh, seems like old times. And this one, um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it. It's a really good, you know, uh, submarine story where uh, Commander Bond, where you actually see him in a commander outfit of the Navy, British Navy. And that's where the introduction of Jaws comes in, Richard Kyle. He was in the longest yard. Peace, uh, Richard Kyle, Jaws. This is the first time you see him. And it was, it's good. So check out The Spy Who Loved Him. Uh, move on to Moonraker, 1979. Kind of takes a little turn into Cheeseyville. But uh, the villain is Hugo Drax, played by Michael Lonsdale. He passed away not too long ago. My buddy James Reed actually believes that I look like him with the goatee. And they parts in the film, you look at it from a side view. It's like, you know what? It does look like me. That was, you know, you have to, have to check it out. So playing the piano at one point in the movie. Uh, so he's trying to create a race of a new human race in space and hiding in this satellite or in this dome in space that's hidden from satellites and weird stuff. But uh, the song is by Shirley Bassey, Moonraker. Uh, Lois Childs is a love interest, but a Jaws returns. Richard Kyle comes back in this one. So it's a little, little weird, but uh, it's a uh, Moonraker ended up being based in the. He actually put it into the Golden Eye, into this board game, which is really cool. So you unlock certain levels, and there's a Moonraker level. So pretty cool. But uh, the movie, you know, so so. But uh, it was still cool to see uh, Roger Moore uh, Jaws. But um, anyway, uh, going from that to For Your Eyes Only in 1981, Roger Moore returns again, and. Uh, there is a woman that uh, her parents were murdered. They have some type of uh, device. They're similar to, kind of similar to uh, From Earth with Love. Bond has to track it down. And KGB uh, wants it too. Russia wants it as well, something like that. So it was uh, kind of like a battle for that. And uh, there's a big climax in the, in the side of the mountain, which is pretty cool. A big tall mountain. Uh, Anyway, good, good action in this one. This is, this is a lot better, 1981. And uh, the uh, theme song was For Your Eyes Only by Tina Easton, so we're getting into the 80s. 
the songs that to me the songs were great in the eighties. Um, this is the first first Bond film in the eighties. Uh, it, it's a it's a decent story. So, uh, for your eyes only. Um, then there was the comment where Sean Connery, a lot of people, uh, he opted into another film, but it was not part of the Bond series officially. It was called Never Say Never Again. It came out in 1983, same year as the next Roger Moore film. But um, it was based on Thunderball. So there was a problem, there was one of the directors one of the people that worked on the original Thunderball film in 1965 claimed that it was his film. He had his own version of Thunderball. He said, no, 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 that's mine. I want to do that. Well, it didn't happen. I don't remember his name. I had to look it up. Anyway, they ended up doing a, his version of Thunderball. Warner Brothers picked it up, and they wanted to run with it. This is where you see a very young Kim Basinger, and uh, Barbara Carrera was a villain. She was a regular in Dallas, TV show, and but it was cool to see Sean Connery come back. Uh, it was a different type of film, but it was basically a remake of Thunderball. So, Bernie Casey is Felix Leiter. Uh, the theme song by Lanny Hall. But yeah, it was it was it felt like a TV James Bond movie, you know. But anyway, it's probably good to watch once, you know. It was 1983. Then same year, Roger Moore is doing Octopussy. Octopussy wasn't bad. Uh, there was uh, starts off in Cuba, and Roger Moore has to go to India to meet Kamal Khan, uh, played by Louis Jordan, and they they got this Faberge egg, it's owned by Octopussy, and it's a little all the story kind of comes together, but it's just a uh, nuclear missile. I'm sorry, I'm I'm going off tangent here, but it's actually pretty good. Um, where uh, theme songs by again by uh, uh, Wayne Cooler, uh, All Time High, really good song. But uh, it's a little different film. It kind of, I'm trying to think of the plot, but it's just it was kind of all it's kind of bottled right now. But check it out. Octopussy came out in 1983. Uh, it was good to see Q. You know, Q is always the ones that had his inventions, and he, 007's not paying attention. And, Q would always lean over and go, pay attention, 007. Really, 007, do you ever pay attention? <laughs> Grow up, please. And then uh, we're going to the final one for Roger Moore, uh, 1985, A View to a Kill. One of my favorites. Uh, probably my favorite Bond movie of the 80s. Another one of my favorites, I guess. I say that a lot. But this was Roger Moore's final film. He was 58 years old. He actually admitted in his book. I read his book a couple years ago. Said he was too old to play Bond, and he, he did it anyway. He just felt like they should have had somebody younger. Well, it turns out Pierce Brosnan, who ended up playing Bond in the, in the 90s, wanted the role, and MGM wanted it as well. So we probably could have seen Pierce Brosnan a lot sooner. Well, he was on a TV show similar to Roger Moore in the 60s with the Saints. It was called Remington Field. So Pierce Brosnan had a contract issue as well. Well, some reason he was able to get out of it, or something happened. He had a clause where he do something else, and they had him on paper, like, GM's like, we got him, we got our guy. Something happened at the last minute with Hermes and Steel, they made the deal, they ended up retaining him, and messed everything up, and, you know, Pierce Brosnan was like, man, there goes my opportunity, James Bond. Turns out the next um, 
the next billboard, the first billboard you see is Timothy Dalton. And Timothy Dalton ended up playing Bond after Roger Moore. So it was going to be Pierce Brosnan. But, you know, fate didn't work that way. So Timothy Dalton comes in in 1987 called The Living Daylight. It was actually, I, I really like this film. Uh, Dalton only appeared in two of them. But uh, it's about a, uh, a KGB sniper trying to get after a, uh, a Russian defector. You know, you know, it's all there's some nuclear arms involved. Uh, it, it's kind of similar to Octopus. There's just so much stuff going on, hard to keep up with. But Timothy Dalton, I thought, did a phenomenal job. And, uh, Good music. Uh, the songs by uh, the Pretenders, uh, Living Daylight, uh, Living, Living Daylights by Aha. Uh, some good songs made by the Pretenders. So uh, check out the Living Daylights, really good one. So, but then 1989, Smitty Dalton just knocked it out of the park, in my opinion. It, uh, License to Kill. And this is the first Bond film to be rated PG 13. And we're at the peak of the 80s. And. Uh, Gladys Knight sang the song Life to Kill. Great movie. Film in Key West, Bahamas, Williams, uh, Brazil, or Argent, somewhere. Robert Davey is the villain, Sanchez. Uh, got, Bond's got two love interests in this movie. Uh, a lot of good 80s music in it, too. And uh, even Wayne Newton makes an appearance. So it's, uh, it's a good one. Uh, he goes rogue. He quits the British, ser British service and he goes to help his friend Felix Leiter. And then even this is Robert Brown's last film is M. And uh, he says, you were supposed to be in Istanbul last week. Well, what, what's going on? He, uh, he said, going after the people that lighter He says, let the Americans handle it. So they're not going to do anything. And uh, he says, you know what? You can have my, then I officially quit. So we're going to have to come 007. You can't just earn in your, your license to kill. We're not a country club, 007. But it's actually really good. He goes well. So good stuff. So check out License to Kill. Then we go into the 90s. Uh, not much happens. So 1995, GoldenEye. Really, it turned the corner. Awesome movie. Turned into one of the greatest video games of all time. Pierce Brosnan finally gets his shot at the 007. Now, uh, they did ask Woody Dalton to come back. But he said no. He tells him so much time has passed. He says, I think it's time for somebody else. You know, I had a great time when I did it. So that was pretty cool. They, they did ask Dalton. Uh, it's almost like Timothy Dalton's appearance as Bond is like Michael Keaton as Batman. You know, two great movies. But uh, Pierce Brosnan did a phenomenal job. Uh, there's a, one of the double O agents turns rogue, turns against England. Uh, new M. Q is still in it. Desmond Llewellyn, who plays Q. So, GoldenEye, uh, great, great song uh, by Tina Turner, GoldenEye. And there's also some good music, uh, orchestra by David Arnold, so, uh, and Eric Farrell, I believe. So, check out GoldenEye, 1995. Then we go right into 1997 with Tomorrow Never Dies. This is more of like a, kind of like a, it felt like it was like a, a happened to social media type where they had the news ahead of time. It was really kind of interesting. Jonathan Price was the villain. Uh, uh, but great, great actor, Jonathan Price. Terry Hatcher was the love interest for a little while, but uh, 
Tomorrow Never Dies, Pierce Brosnan, theme song by Sheryl Crow. And uh, basically there was a, he was controlling the news, and it was, it was, you have to check it out, it's pretty cool. Uh, anyway, 1999, we go right into The World Is Not Enough. Pierce Brosnan returns again. Um, Sophia Marceau is the love interest, also turned villain. Uh, a lot of good action in this one. There's uh, Denise Richards. It's uh, Robert Carlyle is the, vi- is the villain, Robert Carlyle. And uh, it's another, it's a little weird. There's a lot, a lot going on in this one, but uh, still a good film to watch. The World Is Not Enough, theme song by Garbage. Uh, and then we go into uh, Pierce Brosnan's final Bond film, uh, Die Another Day. The theme song is by Madonna. And this one is where uh, there's a North, a North Korea ruler who changes his identity with his face. And everything changes. And, um, you know, trying to start another world war. But uh, yeah, it's a little, it's a lot. It's kind of this one kind of took the envelope a little too far. Like he had an invisible car. I mean, it was uh, he was surfing on uh, snow. I mean, it's just, I mean, like uh, parach- parach- parachuting on snow. It was a little kind of a far fetched film. Ali Berry plays Jeep. Uh, does a really good job. And uh, but yeah, this is uh, Pierce Brosnan's final one, 2002, uh, Die Another Day. And we're going to go right into the last leg of it was uh, Daniel Craig makes his first appearance. 2006, Casino Royale. They, they started from scratch, did it right. Excuse me. Yeah. Started over with Casino Royale. And, uh, where it all begins. Uh, the card game with uh, Lashifa. Lashifa. And, uh, Bond almost dies in it, but he, he, he pulled it off really well. I mean, it was just a, you know, never say die attitude. Vesper um, is a love interest. Uh, Ava Green, great song by Chris Cornell, You Know My Name. So, Casino uh, uh, Royale, some parts filmed in Miami. Actually, I remember some of the signs downtown where I used to work. It was pretty cool. I was like, hey, I know where that is, Miami Avenue. So, uh, great film. Uh, actually, you see a cameo, too, of uh, uh, the, the guy that owns uh, uh, Richard Branson, the guy that owns Virgin, uh, the Virgin Company, Virgin Airlines, and all Virgin Music, everything. Uh, he makes an appearance like a cameo, a quick cameo at Miami Airport. Anyway, so, uh, good film. Uh, lots of espionage going on at Casino Royale. We go into 2008, Quantum of Solace. Not, not, so, not as good as Casino Royale, but uh, it continues on from uh, Mr. White. He, he deals with Mr. White at the end of Casino Royale, and he follows him to another guy overseas. And, and I didn't really think it was that, that great. I mean, it, it's entertaining, but not as good as Casino Royale. So, theme song by um, Alicia Keys and Zach White. Another way to die. Uh, so, Quantum of Solace, 2008. Uh, then we go right into uh, Skyfall. Skyfall was the next one four years later in 2012. This was Judy Dench's last film as M. I thought this was a really good one. I think Daniel Craig's one of his best ones. 
uh, Skyfall, where it's a former agent, turns turns against uh, the British Secret Service. First time you see the new Q. Um, good action all the way through it. Uh, good good thriller. Um, Skyfall uh, theme song by Adele. So uh, be sure to check that one out too. Then we go into uh, three years later, 2015. Originally, this was supposed to be the last one for Daniel Craig. To, I think they're trying to tell the story again of Spectre, special executive to counter terrorism, special executive to counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, extortion. So uh, the new actor to play Blo Blofeld, I can't remember his name, but uh, this is where it all starts. Um, actually, Batista, the wrestler, and um, Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy as the henchman. Man, he was amazing in this one. Good train fight scene. Uh, so, good action in this one. Spectre, was, Spectre really did well. So, that was one of Daniel Craig's best ones. So, then we thought that was it. You know, time had passed. Um, they're actually going to, they decided, you know, we're going to go one more round. It was supposed to come out in 2020, but we all know what happened in 2020. And this one is uh, No Time to Die. So it did officially get released in 2021. And, you know, they kill off James Bond. Which, that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, you know, this thing, let me go back to the Spectre. The theme song was by Sam, Sam Smith. Uh, I can't remember the name of it after think about it. No, no Time to Die had a theme song. The theme song was by uh, uh, Billy Eilish. Not bad. But you know what? It, I don't know what this, these filmmakers are thinking now. I mean, you kill off James Bond, it's a little much. So, not, I would have to say Spectre and Skyfall are probably my favorite. Casino Royale, probably my favorite of Daniel Craig. But growing up, I was a Roger Moore guy. I know I kind of, you know, my, my take on the Bond movies was kind of muddled there. I didn't really kind of give you a whole lot of detail, but they're out there on the internet. They're actually all available on HBO Max this month as well. So, anyway, springtime's always a good time to catch up on James Bond films. There's so many. There's uh, 20, 27 of them, I believe. So, but 60 years of Bond. Pretty cool. It's a character that's still living on. So I'm not sure about the next one. I'm sure they're going to do something, but we'll see. But, um, Roger Moore was one I grew up on. I always loved Sean Connery. Sean Connery's James Bond, number one. So Roger Moore, two. Uh, I'll, go with, I'll go with Brosnan, three. Uh, Daniel Craig, four. And uh, Timothy Dalton, Dalton, five. So, but either way, they're all great movies. You know, just, it's just, you know, if you're looking for a Sunday afternoon like today to enjoy some uh, James Bond movies, check it out. And I'm telling you, they're, they're really worth it, worth the time. And, just good stuff, you know, 007. But, um, again, this is a pretty chill time here in the cabana. We uh, don't have a whole lot to uh, uh, talk about this week. We're kind of, kind of winging it because, like I said, the captain's having some pain, going through some pain this week with uh, my back. But I will be back, no pun intended. So, uh, again, I was trying to fill the time there, you know, I'll come up with some new stuff for the next time, but uh, depends on how I feel. I got some good stories. I'm going to tell you a story you know, about my uh, high school baseball season coming up, this 25th anniversary. Try to do that next week. But uh, 
want to thank you for listening this week. I know it was kind of thrown together last minute, but uh, thank you to all the listeners out there. Uh, want to thank thank our troops. God bless our troops, all the servicemen and women that are fighting for our country. Thank you. God bless you. God bless your families. Hope you get to come home soon and see them. And uh, God bless our first responders, our uh, police officers, the uh, men and women police officers. Thank you for all you do. Stay safe out there. Don't give up. To all of our gun owners out there, uh, God bless you. Support the Second Amendment. Never give up. We gotta keep keep going, keep fighting. Never give up. Do what you gotta do to make it happen. So, life's too short. Do the best you can. That's all we can do. You've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana. Sunday, February nineteenth, two thousand twenty-three. This is uh, we'll end it on the James Bond theme song by the John Barry Orchestra. You've been listening to Captain Campino's Cabana, live, February 19th, President's Day weekend. Happy birthday to Camille Costa, the hottest, most beautiful woman on the planet. Have a good day, Camille. Never not dancing. Captain, thanks you so very much. Enjoy life. Have a good time. Go chill out somewhere. Permission to come aboard. <laughs>